Registrations are currently open for one of the NEST's schools called The Realm, School of Dimensional Worship. The goal of this school is to assist you in finding the treasures that Yahweh has placed deep on the inside of you. You will develop the tools to help you on this journey of worship. Whether you're a worship leader, a singer, musician, or you just love to touch the heart of God through worship, this course is for you. There are two 45-minute classes every Tuesday and Thursday, and here are some of the topics covered in the school. Foundations of Worship Dimensional worship, meaning how can we worship Him in spirit and in truth so that our worship is not from the earth realm but from the spirit realm. Releasing the sound and the vibration that's on the inside of you. Vocal training is one of the courses. Songwriting, engaging worship, expressions of worship, music theory, keyboarding, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, drums, Lighting and sound technology, recording, how do you produce and copyright your own material and of course there are a few live Q&A sessions so that you can connect with your teachers. For this year only there is a $200 reduction in the fees but you only have a small window to take advantage of this special as registrations close on 31st of August 2020. The online classes commence the first week of September. If you're interested, please do visit our website www.thefoundationnest.com and please go and visit the tab called The Realm. We look forward to welcoming you to The Nest. Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney sharing a thought of the day. Do you ever look at your life and get thoroughly annoyed with yourself and you go, something has to change. I can't keep on this track that I've been going. I have to start putting some good habits in place. I have to start getting some things right in my relationship with Yahweh. Now, I'm not talking about the negative self-talk that we always have when we think we're not good enough. I'm talking about things that the Holy Spirit will highlight in your life, things that need changing in order for you to be transformed into His image. So my question then is, why is it so difficult to implement those changes? Why is it that we do what we do? Many years ago, I listened to a talk by a gentleman from Africa. His name is Mensa Artable. And this has stuck with me for all these years. And it makes such profound sense. There's a whole order and a system to changing our beliefs. My husband and I travel quite a bit and we speakers at various conferences. And one of the things that I have the people do that are attending is I have them put their hands on their head and say, If I can change my mind, I can change my world. And that's absolutely true. Our mind is the thing that needs to be renewed. The word even talks about it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's your mind and the things that you believe that keep you trapped in a prison cell. We've got to start to be like Bereans and take not only just swallow everything that everybody gives you, but start to disseminate it, start to research it, start to search things out and begin to be transformed in our minds. Even some of the things we believe ourselves. You know, I've been in the church system for my whole life. I was born into it. 
about 10 years ago, my husband and I left the church system. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with the church, okay? It's the journey that Yahweh has taken us on, bringing us into ministry. But actually, we've discovered that church isn't supposed to look like it currently looks. There's so much more that we have available and accessible to us as sons if we step out of the program, out of the limits, out of the box. And when I talk about things like that, I'm talking about relationship and engagement with the government of heaven. You know, the word talks about the seven spirits that are before the throne, talks about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's the government of God. That's who we get tutored and trained by. You have access to engage with all of them. The church teaches you that that's for when you die. Okay, so we have to start changing our mindset about a few things. The the church also teaches that you can only engage with the angelic and the cloud of witnesses once you die. And I mentioned this in a previous podcast. So death becomes our savior. So we have so much more that is available to us as sons that we're just not accessing. And why not? Because we don't believe that we're allowed to do that. If the word is our protocol and the word is the precedence for everything that we do on this earth, if it's not in the word or if it's um, contrary to the word, then yes, we have a problem. But we see so many things that confirm that there's more to our Christian experience. I don't even call myself a Christian anymore. I'm a son. And yes, I'm female, but I'm still a son because in the spirit realm, there's no sex. There's no male. There's no female. We're sons of Yahweh, right? We we are spirit as he is spirit. But the word sons is referring to the inheritance of the father. So I have two children. You've heard Grant and I talk about them before. They are totally different to each other. If I can use an expression that maybe not many of you have heard, especially among my American friends, I find this, but they are like chalk and cheese, totally different, like night and day. They're different in their personalities, in their their character, in the way that they view things, the way that they do things, and they are unique, both of them. But my question is, you know, if they are brought up in the same house with the same parents, having the same DNA, what is it that makes them so different? If you're in a classroom as well and you have children sitting in the same environment, listening to the same teacher explain the same thing, why is it that when exam time comes, they are so different in their outcomes. You will get students who excel and get A's and A pluses, and then you will get those who just skim by and those that fail. They've had the same conditions, the same environment. They've been there when the same questions have been asked, but all of the responses are different. So why is it if we have the same environment, the same DNA, the same atmosphere, why is it that we produce different results. Why are they not the same? For someone who is a billionaire, why can't we all be billionaires? We all have access to the same things that they do, but what makes us different? What sets us apart? Some of the things that Mensa Artible talks about is he talks about the environment. So we have many things that come into us through our senses. Ian Clayton does an amazing teaching on the the threefold nature of man. He talks about the gateways in our spirit, our souls, and our bodies that influence each other. So in your body gateway, you have your five senses. You have things coming into you by what you see. That's one of the gateways. By what you hear, by what you smell, by what you taste, by what you touch. 
touch. These are all gateways that can actually infect the soul and the spirit, depending on what you allow in. So let me just give you a very short example to, to demonstrate this. If you listen to um, gossip or you listen to lies all day, that is going to come in through your hearing gateway and it's going to affect what you believe. You believe stuff from your soul, right? Um, your imagination is going to be affected. If you're watching junk on TV or you're watching perverted stuff, that is coming in through your eye gateway and it's affecting what's in your soul, your imagination, which is then going to affect what goes on in your spirit because you have spiritual eyes. Then we'll have people saying, I'm seeing stuff in the spirit and it's totally, totally perverted. That doesn't come out of the spirit. That comes because the eye gateway in the body has been infected. It's infected the imagination gateway. And now what you're seeing in the spirit is infected. So we've, we've got all these outside influences that mold and shape us. I want to talk a little bit about all those different things. Because if you go into a church service, as I mentioned right in the beginning, sometimes we say, I'm really sick of how my life is going and where it's, what I'm becoming and what I'm involved in. I need to change something. Why is it not so easy to just change? You go to a church service, you hear a meeting and you're inspired and you're fired up and you go, yep, tomorrow it's all going to be different. But we wake up tomorrow and we have exactly the same problem that we had yesterday. Why hasn't it changed? So Mensa Artible gives um, a number of different points as to what we actually have to deal with before we can affect change in our life. So the first thing is the environment that you're born into. We're born into a world that's already in motion. When you hit the earth, we didn't suddenly discover, hey, how do we how do we write? How do we read? What is F or Apple? You know, what how do we put these words together? It was already in motion. So the from the moment you're born, you're being taught stuff. The environment is pouring stuff into you. This can affect and create some of the ideas that you have. Someone who knows better than you has put arithmetic. God help us. I don't know how that all came to pass. I am not one for numbers. So you talk to me numbers. You might as well be speaking Russian to me because I just don't get numbers. Okay. But some bright spark out there figured it all out. And they've put all of these equations together that make sense. Right. So the environment is your first source of information. It's stuff that's already been established before you even got your hundreds and thousands of years worth of working through stuff creates this environment. The second thing is knowledge. So that's what you know. Most times your knowledge is derived from your environment because we know if you touch a hot stove, you're going to burn right? So we gain some knowledge that comes out of the environment that we've already born, been born into. We know if you run in front of a car, there's a good chance that you're going to get squashed. <laughs> okay. There's things that we know from experience because our environment has taught us some stuff. The next thing that's going to shape your beliefs and what you think about and the way that you think is your experience. So it's what you go through. Now, if I tell you that I have had an encounter where I have seen Jesus face to face, that is my experience. I can tell that to an atheist and he can tell me, whatever, there's no such thing, there's no God, but you cannot discount the experience that I've had. So that um, different viewpoint is not going to affect me because I experience it. It's called life. 
okay? What you experience in life is going to help you develop beliefs. So if, let's take relationships, for instance. If you constantly choose somebody who is aggressive and abusive towards you, that experience is going to give you a belief that partnership or marriage or um, having someone in your life is a dangerous thing. I can have an awesome marriage and I can try and tell someone who's experienced the negative side of relationship that marriage is amazing, but it cannot counteract what their experience says. In order for them to have that successful relationship, they have to change a belief that they've acquired through experience. After experience, you get your belief. So these are things that you accept as being true. Okay, you can go and you can sit in church for your whole life. You can be told that Noah had an ark with the roof, uh, cut out roof, you know, a little sunroof at the top and the giraffe's head used to stick out of that. We've all seen the Sunday school pictures, right? We've been taught about Noah and the ark. And so we have this belief that Noah was on the ark for 40 days. That's all that it took. But actually... We need to change that perception because it only rained for 40 days and 40 nights. They were on the ark for over a year. So we have all these belief systems that are set up by what we have been taught, what's come in from our external environment, things we've experienced. We have these beliefs that we now believe are true. So now it's no longer knowledge, it's become a belief. So say, for instance, you're sitting in a church service, you have an understanding of what Noah and the ark was all about, and then you have a mystic up the front telling you that actually the ark was not contained only to this realm, it was actually in another realm, because when when, when the word says, then God remembered Noah, hello, he was the only one on, alive on the earth, right? How, how could he have been forgotten by God? He was in a different realm. Okay, so when you, hear, <laughs> when you hear something that is against your beliefs, we struggle to accept it. So another thing is like, if I'm born into an environment where my parents are serving God, you will have gone to Sunday school, you will have acquired some knowledge on God, but then one day you have a car accident, God forbid, but let's just pretend. You have this car accident and God, you see him, he comes and he miraculously saves your life. You've now moved from knowledge of God to a belief in him. Do you see that this is a stronger thing than just that knowledge and the experience? Out of this comes your values. The values are the things that you treasure, that you consider to be very important. Out of your values, you develop this deep sense of appreciation, which determines your choices, which is the next thing. So, for instance, if you're a person who values other people and their well-being, you're probably going to make a career choice along those lines. You're going to become a counselor or a nurse or something like that. Your beliefs and your values are now determining your choices. And this is the next thing. This is number six, your choices. Out of your choices, you're going to have actions of what you do. So you want to know why you do what you do? It's because of your environment teaching you stuff. You built up some knowledge. You have some beliefs. And now you're starting to make your choices and your actions come out of those choices. They don't just appear. 
This has all been a, like a pre-programmed thing on the inside of you based on all those other points I've just mentioned. So what you do doesn't just originate from nowhere. There's sequences, there's processes that led you to make specific choices. If you want to start changing what you do, you have to start backing up to the choices. You have to go back and you have to examine your values and your beliefs. You have to look at your experiences. Maybe your experiences have caused you to put up a wall. You have to examine your knowledge base and you have to check your environment out. That's why we can't just wake up tomorrow and change a pattern. Yes, God willing, we can. And miraculously, he still does miracles and he still does um, deliverances. Absolutely. But more often than not, you have to go back and you have to start undoing some of the things that you've believed. You don't believe me? Try change your temper tomorrow. Let's see. When you get triggered, what's going to happen? You've got to go back and you've got to start undoing. How did you get this way? What is the root? What have you been taught? What do you believe? We have a whole bunch of rewiring to do first. For instance, let me give you another thing. If I was born into a village and in this village, my only environment stated that I will grow up um, my goal is to get married, is to have children, is to have a rich husband who has cattle, for instance. And that's success and that is wealth to me. If someone came to me and said, Sam, I'm going to take you to the United States and I'm going to give you an education. That would not be important to me. I go, why do I want an education? All I want to do is get married, have children, have a rich husband that has lots of um, cattle. And that's rich. That's good enough for me. If we're wanting that more, you have to go back and you have to examine all of those different things that make you you and make you do what you do.